He's been shot six times. Halloweenies. He's been burned alive. Halloweenies. He's lost his head. Halloweenies. Michael Myers can't and won't be stopped, which is why he returns this October. In anticipation, the Consequence Podcast Network presents Halloweenies, a limited series that carves out one Halloween movie a month, leading all the way up to the October 19th release of David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's new movie. You'll get tricks. You'll get treats. You'll get Michael. Tune in for the night we came home. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence of Sound, the podcast. This feed is home to all your favorite Consequence of Sound editorial content turned into bite-sized podcasts for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know. Most often, it's home to album reviews as well as features like track-by-track and artist interviews. Well, Lollapalooza just happened, and as a result, we've got a whole host of artist interviews from on-site at Lollapalooza. So join us as we discuss the history of this revered festival and defining performances with artists old and new to the Lollapalooza stage. I'm Tyler. I write for Consequence of Sound. Uh, you guys are the neighborhood. Thanks for joining me. Do you want to introduce yourselves here? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm Zach. I'm Brandon. I'm Mikey. Awesome. Uh, so we'll just start with, I think, maybe the most obvious question, this being Lollapalooza. Uh, what does Lollapalooza mean to you guys? What is playing here? I mean, you know, this is one of the oldest festivals in America, and obviously it has sort of a storied history. Like, so you know, getting the chance to play something like that, like, what is it? What does it mean to you? Well, first of all, Chicago has always been a rock and roll town for us. We've been touring here for many, many years, and every time we play here, it's always been awesome. So, always having the opportunity to play in Chicago, first and foremost, is always a, a privilege. Um, the guys have played at Lala before. This is my first time. I wasn't in the band at the time, so this is my first time here. But my brother, I grew up like with my like, I have an older brother, and he used to go to the Lollapalooza when it was like touring around the country. And he used to go and see like Tool and like Snoop Dogg and all his bands. And I always remember it sounding so sick and Jane's Addiction and all that shit back in the day. So being able to do this, it feels uh, very, very cool. I'm stoked. We're stoked. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I know you guys have been uh, on the road. You've been doing a lot of um, festivals lately, especially uh, overseas. I see, did yeah. I see you guys just got back from Southeast Asia? Is that we did? Yeah, Malaysia, did. Indonesia. Yeah. yeah. So what? Uh, I guess what has that been like? Uh, what was some of the highlights of that? And also, like, how do the crowds? You know, how are you being received overseas versus in in the states? Is there any difference? Is any country sort of more? You know, more into yeah. it. Brazil, yeah. South America goes nuts for us. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did Lollapalooza in Brazil, which was an incredible, yeah. well, all incredible. South America. Chile, yeah. Uh, yeah, Argentina, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But specifically, that Brazil show was really, yeah. really all, great. all of them. All of them were good. Though. Yeah, and uh, but Malaysia and Indonesia were a cool experience too. That was the first time being. It was out crazy there. being so far away. We had to fly there, and it was like just like an eighteen-hour flight, and just being on like the other side of the world and seeing people with like. You know the neighborhood shirts annoying the songs like being that far away still like blows our minds it's yeah. crazy yeah and the fans there are awesome like the shows are really 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 sick so it was really cool so i know that you guys have talked about especially this year with this sort of uh you know the latest release cycle that you've done uh the sort of need to move away from the model of just releasing an album you know every couple of years and that's sort of not enough anymore i know you guys have been doing some uh, EPs, especially recently. I guess what um, is what do you identify as the benefits of that? And I guess also how has that been effective and how's that worked for you both sort of creatively and commercially? I think um, just kind of why we wanted to change up releasing music the traditional way. 
being like releasing just an album. We wanted to do, you know, like, you know, releasing series of music, you know, to kind of keep our fans and, you know, everybody engaged for a longer period of time. Just because with the internet and streaming, everything moves so fast that people's attention spans, you know, are really short and kind of get over something when, you know, the band's been in that, like, you know, working on an album for over a year. And you know, they come out with like 10 tracks. And, and they come out like 10 tracks. It's like a week. And then people right. are stoked for like, you know, you know, a month if that band is honestly lucky. So yeah. it's just kind of a way just to keep people engaged. And, and then like creatively, like, you know, being able to get everyone's ideas out and actually like make it to like, like an album or an EP. Cause you know, when you only have like 10 or 12 songs to work with, you go to the studio and you come out with like 25 tracks and then you only you have to pick like 10 so there's 15 they get thrown to the block and everyone's ideas with like this kind of platform get to like be you know exposed more we get to release yeah. like songs that one person might like and another person might not be so down with but I think we all get to express ourselves more as a band with like five dudes with the more, more EPs and just one album for sure yeah yeah, I mean, I think that that is uh, absolutely something that uh, you know that we hear. We're hearing more and more. I mean, is yeah. the, that that idea of kind of the, that model, the old model being dead, and uh, totally, especially with streaming now too. Yeah, it's like the album. Like it doesn't. You don't. Need, you don't need to put out a physical album anymore as long as it's just like a collection of music, whether it's an EP, playlist, whatever. You don't have to call yeah. it anything as long as it's music content. That's what matters. It seems like there's no meaning. Put, there's no more meaning put behind the record than there are the EPs. Like some of my favorite songs still come from the EPs in the last couple projects that we've done. So like that world, whether it's an EP song or an album song, it really holds no more weight or less. As long as it's out, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know that, uh, especially on this new one, again, not to you know to keep going back to the uh, your latest stuff. It, it's uh, a lot of the music I think sounds really good uh, in. It's got sort of like a like a nighttime like neon vibe to it uh, yeah. a little bit, uh, and that's something that uh, I know that a lot of artists talk about like playing in the sort of scorching afternoon sun at a festival uh, can sometimes get a yeah. little bit lost maybe. So when you're playing an outdoor festival like this, like how do you ensure that the work that you've done and that you've put into that music translates uh, into this sort of a different setting for it? Um, I mean, like, you know, we, we rehearse a lot and, like, we go into the, like, rehearsal studio and try to make the song sound as good as possible, you know, as long as they're, like, um, reflective of the album, but also have, like, another, like, live element to it. But um, I think we've put a lot of hard work to make our live performances sound as close to the record as possible. So I think the way that we've done it, it, it definitely translates, like, what you hear on the album, like, live. It's, it's, it's nothing too different. So I think it captures the vibe pretty well. And yeah. whether it's day or night, I think we definitely are able to capture the vibe of the recordings pr pr pretty well, pretty accurately, for sure. Yeah. I would say if you're trying to see a band for the first time and you really want to get put into their world, don't see them on a festival. Yeah, festivals are tough because it's, it's almost like a commercial for people yeah, that yeah. aren't as familiar with your band to like come see us at our own show. Because when you're at your own show, you have your own lights, yeah. your own everything. Not to say you don't have your own lights here, but you actually have like a full light show in a dark room where you can really express yourselves and like give the fans like what they want. Whereas like a festival, it's like you're playing the songs, but it's almost an invitation to come see us when we come back, like you know, for like yeah. a, a headline yeah, show yeah. or something like that. And then I think this one is probably the most important question uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask all day, uh, and it's for each of you. What is your favorite neighborhood? Oh, my favorite like, neighborhood in the whole world. Yeah, in the whole world. Oh, wow. No limits. I, Mine's going to be, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap the hometown. I'm going to go San Francisco for me because that's wow, where I was born oh, and wow, raised. Yeah. So yeah. I love San Francisco. Whether, yeah. it's not, like, whether it's like I have the most fun there, but it always it's like it has like a home vibe for me. So every yeah. time I go yeah. there, I always feel, I love New York. I love LA. That's where we all live now. But for me, it's San Francisco The term sure. neighborhood makes me feel like small town suburban. I don't, maybe it's just because of where I grew up. Like I don't think of, 
LA as a neighborhood. Like a city. Any, like a city. So I would have to yeah. say Newberry Park, which is in California, which is where we grew up. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, like TO, Newberry yeah, Park. Thousand yeah. Oaks, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, there That's you go. cool. Cuz I feel like I feel like especially here in Chicago like there's such a sort of sense of Chicago as like a city of neighborhoods and so it's totally uh, there's yeah. so many yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's an interesting to see like how that changes, you know, totally. depending on where you are and it's not the same yeah. everywhere, you know. Yeah, and where we grew up and I think where like the the idea of the neighborhood definitely originates from is like Thousand Oaks, which is like a little suburb like 45 minutes north of LA that we all grew up in. We all went to like a high school with and yeah. there was like a music scene where we all like met and formed a band. So that that's definitely like the overarching neighborhood is definitely like Thousand Oaks Newberry yeah. Park for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, do you guys feel like you're doing, you're repping that pretty well then? Or? Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, absolutely. I think so. Uh, we've yeah. we've repped that area hard. Yeah, yeah, big time. Awesome. Yeah. Stay tuned for more artist interviews from Lollapalooza all week long. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. On Apple Podcasts, you can hop on, leave us a five star review, and if you got some thoughts to share with us, why not write us a review? And on Podchaser, you can not only rate and review this series, Consequence of Sound, but you could also rate and review this specific episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you very soon with an all-new episode of Consequence of Sound. Consequence Podcast Network.